You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. And I begged him. I said, can you go one more day? I have to fly. I won't be here to audition with it, but you got to see Judith Light. And uh, he said, well, since we didn't find anybody we're crazy about, let's wait for Judith. And they did. And I was in L.A. And Tommy called me after Judith auditioned and said, we are not even letting her leave the building. She's in the outer office. Do you want uh, to tell her? So they brought Judith in, who's an old friend. And I said, Judith, you fooled him. Now you're stuck with me. And she goes, all right, Poppy, we'll keep fooling them. Hey, what's going on? It's me, Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you're interested in training like the actor-athlete that you are, Go to the website, builtforthestage.com, and fill out a free trial form, just simply your name and your email, and we'll get you going with a one-week trial, no catch, no gimmicks, a chance for you to work with a coach that knows all about the balance between fitness training and maintaining and enhancing your ability on the stage. Once again, that's builtforthestage.com to try a free trial. Built for the Stage podcast is grateful to be a part of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can check out more about the Broadway Podcast Network on bpn.fm. All right, we're going to be continuing our series, Fitness on the Broadway Stage. I'm really, really excited for this one. That's an understatement. Um, Our guest is someone who I actually grew up with as a kid watching on TV in a TV series called The Wonder Years. Um, I might have already given that away if you haven't uh, listened to the description or watched the description yet on this podcast, but we have none other than Dan Loria as a guest today. Dan was seen as Vince Lombardi in the play Lombardi on Broadway, where he portrayed the famous NFL coach who won the first Super Bowl ever. So take a listen, enjoy and thanks again for joining us on Bill for the Stage podcast. All right, Dan, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I wanted to just start a little bit about your start in theater. I can definitely relate um, from mine, but I heard a story of you just being on a football team at your college and all of a sudden you, you get like a tap on the shoulder or something. Can you tell us a little bit about that to start? 
Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me, Joe. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, they usually they ask how you got started. And uh, initially, I had an aunt who lived with us who loved old movies. So I grew up loving old movies. And when I got to college, I was uh, playing football. It was spring practice. It was right before the practice. I was telling a joke. And this little old lady tapped me on the shoulder pads with her cane and said, would you like to be in a play? And I said, you know, I always wanted to try that. And she said, I knew. And I said, how would you know that? And she said, because I'm the greatest acting teacher in the world. And she was. It was Constance Welsh, and she was the one who started the Yale Dramat. And uh, I went to Southern Connecticut, which was like a mile down from Yale. And at the end of her career, she taught at Southern. And uh, it was just great. She uh, brought me over to the theater department after practice, put me in a student production of A Thousand Clowns. I played the older brother, always played older. And then the next production was uh, The Tempest that she was directing. And she needed a big, ugly guy to play Caliban. So that was my start. And, uh, have... and then when I went after college, I was in the Marine Corps for three years and she would constantly send me plays because one of her other former students went from Yale into the Marine Corps and his name was James Whitmore. So a great actor. Yeah. So what was the joke? It must have been a good joke. She probably saw some potential in you. Uh, I cannot <laughs> tell it on air. <laughs> I don't think she actually heard the words. It was more the mannerisms, you know. She she said, "Look at this guy. He's not afraid to talk in front of people. He'd be perfect." I guess so. Yeah, probably. Fabulous. Well, with you having this uh, football background, when the opportunity to play Vince Lombardi in the play Lombardi was presented to you, it was probably no stranger to you. You probably had um, some. Uh, knowledge or background of Vince Lombardi. Um, and I, before we get into that, uh, for our viewers and our listeners, I always am trying to relate um, a life in theater with a life in uh, fitness or just like little tidbits people can take away to learn from. And one thing that I saw from an interview of yours is that it was through a previous project that you kind of willingly did um, made, I think it was not paid or something like that. And then that networking connection led to you getting in the room to audition for Lombardi. Is that? Oh, no, there, first of all, there was no audition. Oh, tell uh, me about it. Tell my, me. Uh, my name was brought up right away and rejected because I wasn't a movie star. Yes. And, but I had, uh, helped Tommy Kell, uh, before he and Lin-Manuel Miranda did In the Heights. So I knew Tommy Kale very well. So Tommy got the job of directing Lombardi and uh, he wanted me. And uh, they said no. And he said, well, look, the script's too long. We're going to have to do a couple of readings and bring it down. And Dan's crazy. He'll come in on his own money and do the readings. And for Tommy, anything. So I, I did a couple of readings and uh, the writer of the book, David Marinus, who wrote Pride Still Mattered, was there. And Eric Simonson, the playwright, they wanted me. They said, he is Lombardi. He played football. He looks like him, you know. And uh, finally, Tommy really insisted. And he said, let's do a reading for the NFL and invite all the theater owners. And um, we did. And Roger Goodell said, if that guy doesn't play Lombardi, we, we ain't getting behind this. 
So it was really Tommy Kale pushing it. And ironically, we couldn't find a wife. And I auditioned with a lot of big names and Tommy wasn't happy. I wasn't. Uh, and then I begged him, I said, can you go one more day? I have to fly. I won't be here to audition with her, but you got to see Judith Light. And uh, he said, well, since we didn't find anybody we're crazy about, let's wait for Judith. And they did. And I was in L.A. and Tommy called me after Judith auditioned and said, we are not even letting her leave the building. She's in the outer office. Do you want uh, to tell her? So they brought Judith in, who's an old friend. And I said, Judith, you fooled them. Now you're stuck with me. And she goes, all right, Poppy, we'll keep fooling them. And all that's, right. That's how we both got in the play. And, of course, uh, you know, we had a great supporting cast. Chris Sullivan, who's on uh, This Is Us. Um, and we had Bill Dawes and Keith and uh, Robert. You know, so we had Rob. We had uh, we had a great supporting cast. But the reason why it was a success, I think, and everybody agrees, because of Judith. Because, uh, you know, guys like you, the one play that old jocks will get off the couch and go see was Lombardi. And, of course, their wives were, okay, at least we're going to a Broadway show. And it was the wives that were leaving, calling other wives, saying it's the one play your husband will want to see and you're going to love it. And that's because a lot of the play was about the family and about Judith. You know, yeah. Every night we heard women in the audience going, you're just like that. You're just like that. <laughs> I really enjoyed that part just where it wasn't just the X's and O's of football or his life right. as a coach, but his life behind closed doors. So that was right. And that was all Tommy Kale because Tommy Kale said, let's not tell them what they already know. We're going to have a lot of Packer fans here. They know all the stories about the sports. They don't know about the family. And uh, let's concentrate a little bit more on that. Now, there was some sports in it. You, you saw it. There was some X's and O's, but that was a minor part of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we had Mark Pikert on here, editor-in-chief of Playbill, uh, to kick off our series. And we said as uh, people in the theater that a lot of the time the actors or artists will say they're not into sports or sports plays or whatever, but really – Theater and sports uh, are the same. It's about uh, trials, overcoming the trials, and mostly doing it with others around you. Um, so we started. Yeah, it's all teamwork. Yeah, we started recalling um, all of the plays and musicals that actually are about sports that people in theater overlook and don't even realize that they're everywhere. Yeah, but um, Joe, you know the the key is it hasn't changed since the Greeks. If you have a good story, people will listen. If you don't, you have to have a lot of bells and whistles. You got to do a lot of manipulation. But if you got a good story, people will listen. And, and Lombardi may not have been the greatest play, but it was a very, very good character study, not only of Vince Lombardi, but of his wife. And, um, you know, it, it really resonated. We, we were the longest running straight play. Right. Yeah, it was fabulous. Uh, like I said, I, I truly enjoyed it. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey and your career and how growing up as an athlete uh, kind of help that, whether it's your mindset or a, or a routine or just your overall approach in your craft now. Um, cause here at Built for the Stage, we're constantly saying that actors are athletes and you literally came from a different athletic background, but I'm sure that you took that with you some, in some way into your artistic career. Well, you know, uh, Charles Durning was my mentor and, uh, he said uh, an actor should do, and I still do it to this day. Any day I'm not working, I uh, do three things. One, I read aloud for at least a half hour, sometimes on the throne, you know, but I read aloud for a half hour. And uh, two, I watch an old movie, an old movie where they don't cut every line so you can understand timing. I've never auditioned for a comedy without watching His Girl Friday first. I've never auditioned for a villain without watching the original Cape Fear with Robert Mitchum. And third, you work out. Like Charles Durning was a little fat guy. He weighed almost three, uh, 300 pounds, but he never smoked. He never drank. And he every day he didn't work, he would walk three miles to keep his lungs strong and capable of doing long speeches on stage. So, whether they came from an athletic background or not, all actors should do, like an athlete, have a training program. And those are the three things I suggest. As far as early career, I do a lecture at college. And when people say, how did you get started? Uh, to young people like you, I say, why would you want to know? Nothing I did will relate to what you young people are doing. It's much harder for you than it was for us. Because no one ever asked me for a reel or a disc or a tape or self-tape. or We did plays. We did a ton of plays where we didn't get paid. We all worked as waiters. and I worked at one bar, Cafe Central, where Bruce Willis and Eddie O'Neill were the bartender and John Goodman was the doorman. And uh, I'll tell you right now, there were uh, better actors than we were that never got the break that we got. But we did plays. We constantly did plays. And agents came and usually a, an assistant trying to work their way up the ladder as an agent would come. And if you got good reviews, they would go back and tell the people they were working for, you got to go see this guy, you know. And but you people, you send in tapes. You don't have to act. We had to learn how to act. We didn't do one line at a time. And that was a big advantage for us because I can't tell you how many times I auditioned and didn't get it and was called back or given another part a month later. And I would go 
what, uh, no audition? They went, no, that last audition, I was great. You were just too ugly or you were too tall or you're too short, too fat, too thin, whatever for that part. But you got in the room, you got to perform, you got to act for the person that could say yes. Your generation will never do that. Got it. And can you recall, 10 times harder for you. Can you recall the story where you you gave it your all, you didn't get it, and you thought that was that, and then you know time passes, and all of a sudden you have another role presented to you because of it? I think that's a good... Oh, I, I, a, million, a million times. I, I went up for a Woody Allen type when I first came out to L.A. for... Um, uh, for Cagney and Lacey, and I ended up playing Dupnik, a cop, uh, two shows later that had six episodes, and most of them were with Tyne Daly. So, you know, when you talk about sports and the idea of teamwork and working with people, how do you show you're a good team player when you do a self-tape, when nobody sees you working with a team on stage? I mean, you know, and then when they do all the cutting from your face to my face, well, when you talk about chemistry as an actor, the chemistry is what happens between the two of us. And when we cut from your face to my face, what they've done is cut the chemistry. And you may be a very strong actor, but you will lose a part to somebody who can't act because of the way they looked on a self-tape. We didn't do that. We went in, even if we didn't look right, even if we didn't, we gave it all out. I still, to this day, have never carried a script into an audition. As a matter of fact, like Charles Durning said, I have never auditioned. Somebody calls me in tomorrow for a part. I have five minutes to act. I don't care if they hire me. I don't look around the room and see all these other actors there because I can tell you right now, from when I go in, they're all really good. They're great. And they're all going to do great. And I don't really care. I have five minutes to act. And I think that's the last thing in the head of young people when they go in. It's all about how do they look? What do the other people look like? Do I, am I right for this? Uh, let me say that line again. Let me do my tape four or five times until I think it's great. Not what the person in the room thinks. And then the person who looks at your tape, they look at 10 of them. They pick five. They send it to an assistant on the show who narrows it down to three. The producer says, okay, number two. Now, I, I don't know how you get around that, but doing other 10-minute, 15-minute movies where you're doing one line at a time is not going to make you a better actor. So I think the only thing worth anything today as far as acting is live. And that's why when you see these theaters closed because of the pandemic, it's just ripping us actors apart because as much as I like to make money like everybody else does uh, and money in television and movies is far better than theater, but I would be at a, doing a play right now. I've never gone a year without doing at least one play. Wow. I love what you said there. Obviously it's great audition advice for people that are walking into the room, but it's also great advice. Um, if you're walking into a gym, if you don't have a gym right now because it's closed, but if you ever get back into it, you know, there's always the self uh, consciousness of like, oh, this person's fitter than me or this person can lift more or they look this way and I don't. When really you are where you are and you are who you are and you just have to go in there and put the work in and, and you have that uh, opportunity 
luckily to have a body that's able to perform just like you're saying you have the opportunity to act in the room you do eight um, shows a week on stage you better be in shape and something like lombardi where we had those raked uh Vaughn's to come on stage. Oof, that was a little tough on your back. Plus, uh, because of Lombardi, uh, I really couldn't lose any weight. I had to maintain the weight. So, and you can't get to the gym as often as you can. I did a lot of swimming in Lombardi, but I didn't do weights or anything. Well, that's a, a great topic we always try to cover too. Is is that you know the definition of fitness is not defined solely by aesthetic. It's not always just how the body's looking, but what the body's capable of. So that's a great point you're bringing up that, you know, Lombardi, mm -hmm. you had to look a certain way as Lombardi to portray him, but it didn't mean that you had to just crumple physically. So swimming definitely is a great way to uh, continue that. I wanted to touch on something we were talking about before the recording about a project you have with regional theaters coming up. You were saying just a moment ago about how it's kind of, uh, I'll just say crushing you a bit that these theaters are closing or that live theater is starting to be at risk. Um, what do you have going on in the next month or so? Um, this project you were talking about? Well, we, uh, I, uh, I was asked by a number, uh, I, I, I've done a lot of work in regional theaters. And I, when I got to wonder years, I started a reading, actually I produced a couple of plays. One of them was a Bronx tale. And, um, Charles Durning, my mentor, he said, all right, all right, we, what are we going to do now? You know, and I said, it was actually Charlie's idea. He goes, why don't we read one new play a month and try to help writers get literary agents? And, uh, of course, by the end of six months, we were doing two a month. And by the end of the year, we were doing one a week and we did it for 10 years. We did over 480 readings of new plays, only new plays. And it caught on. And I've always been pushing them around the country to regional theaters and cause very hard to get them to do a new play. But I also got to know so many great actors. I mean, you know, constantly go to dinner with Charles Durning, Jack Klugman, Peter Falk, and Dom DeLuise. We always went to dinner. We just hung out. But, um, so a number of regional theaters contacted me and they want to do Zoom readings, which is ridiculous because the timing's off. People can't work together. It's, it's, I don't know why a new writer would subject his words to that medium. So what I came up with is um, uh, I can even send you three of them. I'm not allowed to show the other ones yet. I asked my friends to video themselves reading something they wrote less than 10 minutes. Uh, mine is a two and a half minute poem that I wrote for Charles Durning, who was the youngest man to land at Normandy in World War II. And on the 50th anniversary, he was asked to come and say something. And that was a funny story what he wrote, but he couldn't say that. So he says, well, write something for me. So I wrote this poem and he read it. So I read that. And as I'm reading it, my image fades out and there's Charles Durning at 18 years old in his uniform. And then Wendy Malik read an ode to a Chinese elm and my buddy Joe Montaigne read an op-ed page that he wrote in 1986 for the New York Times about Wrigley Field getting lights for the first time. And we, Jeremy Fletcher, our editor, he's great. Joe's image slowly goes into black from color and uh, goes to black and white and goes further and further and further away and becomes the scoreboard. The Chicago Cubs are showing it. 
uh, right now doing this partial baseball season. Anyway, um, so I've called a number of actors and asked them to do that. And right now, uh, I promised the theaters at least 26. I'm already over 30, so I'm going to go for 50, uh, 50 for, uh, 52. And uh, once a week, they'll put on one of these celebrity reads, we call it. And uh, every one of them says, uh, after they do the read, they ask people to please donate, keep live theater alive. And we got everybody, John Lithgow, Alfred Molina, Judith Light, obviously, uh, Wendy Malick, Priscilla Lopez, my buddy. And we have a number of, uh, you know, really good people. And uh, we're hoping that uh, when this is over, these theaters will call me and say, oh, can you get Brian Cranston to come here and do a play? And I'm going to say, not an old play. Why would he do that? But if you'll do a new play that he's optioned and is trying to get move it or get a film made out of, I'll be glad to talk to him. So mm -hmm. that's the plan. And uh, some of the tapes are great. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips and Brian Cranston and Ron Perlman all read excerpts from their book. Um, uh, John Larroquette, Stephen Root, and Stacy Keach uh, wrote about their younger brothers. You know, so it's all, everything's different. Uh, Jim Pickens wrote about growing up in Cleveland. You know, uh, Kim Brockington wrote a beautiful poem and she read. And then we put some pictures to it and everything. Amazing. So, well, we'll be, sh we'll be sure once you, once you all release that officially, we'll be sure to put that um, on our platform and make sure people know where to go to see it. Yeah. Well, if there, if anybody listening to this works for a regional theater or is on our board, um, tell them to get in touch with me through you and we'll contact their theater and we'll show them what they're going to get. They get a lot more than just the 52 videos. I have, uh, so. I have a handful of names already popping my mind. So I definitely will reach out to them uh, for sure. Um, it won't hurt Dan, you at all to bring you play to a theater. <laughs> yeah. Dan, thank you so much for your time. That's it for today. Um, really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, Joe. This is fun. Thanks, Dan. All right, and that'll do it with Dan Loria. Thanks so much to Dan for being on the podcast again. If you want to check him out on Instagram, you can follow him at RealDanLoria. And uh, yeah, see what he's up to. He's up to a lot, folks. He's a, he's a renaissance man, and he was a pleasure to speak to today. So once again, if you want to try that free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com, fill out that free trial. You can check more out about us on Instagram as well, at Bill for the Stage, or on Twitter, at BFTS Broadway, or on the TikTok, all the youngins out there. And I guess the world's just spreading like wildfire. You can check us out at Built for the Stage. All right, until next time, it's me, Roscoe, signing off. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.